Hey friends, we have a special treat for y'all. A doctor will be in the building for Sex Education Month to answer, or at least try to answer, all of your sex-related questions. The only dumb question is the one you don't ask. Submit all your questions to us via our website, where'smyblueprintpod.com, by clicking the blue bubble on the bottom right of your screen and following the directions on the contact page. Once again, for submissions, go to where'smyblueprintpod.com. That's W-H-E-R-E-S-M-Y-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-P-O-D.com. Click the blue bubble and follow directions on the contact us page. Thanks for your help. Hey, welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences, navigating adulthood, and what we learned along the way. We invite you to join our weekly conversations while we create our own blueprints on this amazing journey and hope some of the lessons we learned can help you. Here are my co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D. Hey everybody, it's your girl Sunny D here to brighten up your day. I'm a new business owner transitioning from corporate America. And frankly, I can't trust anybody that don't like tacos. Hey friends, I'm Nay. I'm so excited to share and grow with y'all. I'm a full-time wife, full-time mommy, and part-time employee. Nutella is my love language. This is your girl, Nakai, and I am your host on Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here, and I love brownies and seaweed. So let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome back to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver entertaining, educational, and some inspirational thoughts and comments all about adulting. Thank you for joining us this week for our conversation about how we are surviving this thing called adulting. Today, we are excited to talk about this taboo topic, but first, a word from our sponsor. Divine Timing is an encouragement and edification company specializing in beautifully designed digital journals and planners to get and keep your life uplifted and in order. Go to fearforme.com to check out the online store. And for all of our WMB listeners, you can use the code WMB22 at checkout to save 22% on everything on the site. So go shopping and get your life. So as y'all know, we have a quote of every single episode. So today's quote is, sex is kind of like cooking. Everyone can do it, but only some make it delicious. So ladies, what are your thoughts on that quote for this week? I think that's a very excellent quote. I really, really like that quote because it it, it it holds true. Look, thinking about how you make an exerted effort to prepare, whether it's a dish or meal, even just cut up some nice juicy fruit and make it look delicious. It's the effort that you put into it to get the results that you want out of it. <laughs> So I really, really love that quote. That's an amazing quote. I love that. I don't have to use that moving forward. I could not agree more with that sentiment because that is for sure. I will have to say, though, some people can cook. Can you learn how to cook, though? Yes, there are skills that you can learn how to cook and therefore learn how to make things delicioso. See what I'm saying? But I absolutely agree with that. There's definitely effort. There's definitely the care. If you care about, even if it's just with yourself, if you care about the end result, 
and making the experience enjoyable, you can make some delicious stuff. You know what I'm saying? Messy and good, but hey, do what you gotta do. So I feel like me and Nakai are on the same tick. <laughs> Same tip, because I'm like, are we still talking about cooking or are we also talking about sex right now? Because I feel like some of them phrases can be used for both, especially Miss Sunny D with your, your messy and everything else. I know what you have. I know what it looks. But yes, I, I like this quote. I think it holds true. Everyone can do it, but some make it delicious and some make it so that you want to order takeout. Let's see. So, I, I, I like to add to that. So, because when you think about food itself, and if you think about the social media age that we're in now, when people take pictures of food, they sometimes hashtag it as what? Food porn. And they relate it to sex. Or if you're having an amazing, tasteful meal or whatever it is you have, you always say you had an orgasmic experience with food. So food and sex are closely related. And it, and it's okay to put include food with your sexual experience too. Just don't put it below the waist, okay? I hope y'all heard that because listen, <laughs> she's right. You can experiment with some food and some sex at the same time like she said protect the privates they're very sensitive but we're gonna get into that a lot deeper too but before we do we i have an either or for you ladies okay so the either or today (laughs) is either sex in the same position for the rest of your life or sex in a public place monthly which one do you choose i don't like boundaries so i'm gonna i'm gonna say i like it all (laughs) give me some outside some inside some in the kitchen some some in the shower in the bedroom on top of the hood of the car whatever that moment presents itself that's just me though (laughs) okay come on ludicrous face down on top of the car hands up yes let's go what's your fan fantasy yes i'm here for it but um also like our lovely guests why why is this even a question who wants to have sex in the same position for the rest of your life even if your partner has some bomb appendages you might want to experience and see what all that can do in various ways and stuff so yes i feel like the only answer should be sex in a public place monthly that's that's the only answer in my opinion i'm gonna rebuttal you of like some people literally only do vanilla or missionary they do not experiment they do not even say hey let's turn around let's get from the side let's stand up no it is literally woman on the ground woman on the bottom man on the top that's all but is that what they want that's a good question i think it's what's what they're accustomed to and it comes to being comfortable with your own self and knowing thyself and be willing to explore outside of those comfort zones sex starts way before you get into the bedroom or with, without any penetration it starts with self first oh, she already started dropping gems all right come on sunny d so we can get into this episode sis i 100 agree and to expound on that i realized in the last i don't know eight years seven eight years ish or so that you become more like self-aware and you love yourself and you really understand who you are and what things you enjoy and things that please you you learn a lot of things about yourself and one of the things that i've come to find out is you know what doing the do in public and possibly being caught and possibly having people peeping at you you know what i'm saying it's kind of hot i ain't gonna lie i'm gonna take doing it in public once a month maybe more than that as opposed to doing the same position for the rest of my night i need let's we could be outside we can be in the movies all these things i've done it makes it fun it makes it you know add a little spice you gotta you gotta do your thing but you gotta understand what it is that you want in order to understand that that's something that you would be into and you also gotta have bail money you know that is true but like she said it is something 
it spices it up. It's like that something forbidden, right? And we always think of the forbidden fruit as always the best because it's something I'm not supposed to have or I'm not supposed to do. So if I'm not supposed to do it, of course, the excitement is going to be 10 times more because you're like, "Mm, you don't know what I'm over here doing, but you don't know what I'm over here doing. Oh, and for me to answer the question, my bad. It's definitely, definitely, definitely public because yeah, that would get boring for me on the second round. And I'd be like, nah, we're doing something else. We got to go somewhere else. So definitely um, public. And with that, go ahead and introduce our episode, girl. Yes. Hey friends, we are continuing our theme of sex for this sex education month with a discussion on embracing your sexy, what that means to you and all that entails. For our discussion, we have a guest in the Zoom room with us. The Cat Michelle Experience is owned by certified clinical sexologist and certified dance instructor Cat. She is an original member of Risque Hip Hop Heels Dance Group in Richardson, Texas, and a member of the Ashley's Pole Dance and Aerial Team. She resides in the Dallas Fort Worth DFW Metroplex. She has been in the sexual wellness industry for 15 years. She is an award-winning business of pleasure educator with her business partner's lifestyle brand, Bedroom Candy. She is an ambassador and founding member of the Bedroom Candy Home Party Initiative. She is a trailblazer that launched the Bedroom Candy Home Party brand into people's homes. She has a team of business consultants across the nation and as always will come and share her knowledge with you, your friends and family, or simply someone looking to invest in upgrading their self-care regimens. I know this was a lot, but even even this isn't all Miss Cat encompasses. Miss Cat, is there any more you would like to like us to know about yourself? Oh my gosh, thank you, thank you so much for that introduction, and I'm excited to be here. Um, let's see. So I've been in the sexual health arena for over 15 years. I've been a trailblazer for um, a few different um, businesses in that area, and I've, I just had the opportunity to be able to actually find myself first from a sexual aspect and know who I am. And then when I learned that about myself, I was excited and and willing to share that education and knowledge that I learned about myself to others, um, specifically women that look like me. And I I realized that there are women that actually look like me that are hesitant about expressing that to themselves first and then definitely to others. So in regards to myself, I'm a true Dallas native. I'm from Dallas. I still live in a Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex. Um, That's kind of a rare thing when you're in a profession, you typically move around, but I love to travel. So I make up with that for my international traveling. Um, in addition to being a certified clinical sexologist by, by night or any time that I choose to apply it, I'm also an engineer by day and I keep our, our, our troops building weapon systems for them. So I just love all of that, especially the engineering and you're keeping our troops safe. So thank you so much. So as you know, our podcast is about adulting, how we transition into this adulting space because we're still learning how to be adults, if that makes sense. But Tell me, um, how would you describe adulting? That is an excellent question. Um, When I thought about this and I saw that word, I'm like, where does that word actually come from? You know, what is what is actually adulting? And and I'm a research person, so I got to looking back at our queens and queens and kings of ancestry from way back in the past. And adulting was never discriminative against age, race, cultural biases, or, or sexual orientation. It was all about having the 
courage to make the necessary moves towards your overall purpose and regroup with an intentional mindset whenever you get off course. To me, that's what adulting is about. And from seeing all of the experiences my past kings and queens have gone through in my ancestral line, that's what I derived that from. And, and again, there should be no discrimination when it comes to what your choices are of age, race, gender, sexual, um, sexual orientation, or even religion or spirituality. So I think that has been the best definition of adulting that I have heard on this podcast, but in my life. So I want to say thank you to you for not just doing the research, but elevating us <laughs> with that definition. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm a follow up with that of what are two words that you would use to describe your journey into this abstract thought of adulting? My two favorite words that come to mind is courage and adjustment because without one you're not able to do the other and vice versa there's a fear around adjusting there's a fear around making changes in your life to better yourself as an individual and to also communicate that to others external to you but you have to have the courage to do that and remove that fear so those are my two favorite words I I walk and I live by courage and adjustment you about to take us to church right now And I say that because when you said courage and adjustment, I think of these two because maybe because it's the books I'm reading right now and the vulnerability behind both of those, right? And you have to, in order for you to adjust and have that courage, you still have to be vulnerable in the moment to do either or. So those two words are so powerful. And you said you live your life by these two words, correct? Did I hear that right? Yes, that's correct. And I love that word vulnerability. It's people take it as a negative term, but it is so positive in your life if you look at it in a different aspect or in the correct light, in my personal opinion. Oh, you are right. Uh, Nay and I had a whole entire, about two and three hour conversation just about vulnerability (laughs) and how this is supposed to look in our community. But I have a follow-up conversational question for you. We, us three, really that we didn't have a blueprint to on this journey of how we're supposed to be making these decisions and how we're supposed to be a quote unquote adult. Did you have a blueprint growing up? I had many points of reference data to utilize at my discretion to define my own blueprint directly and specifically. I don't think anyone in this world has a blueprint of that term of adulting. There can be a little bit of preparation that comes along with that, just depending on, you know, your family background and how they choose to move from a cultural standpoint. But I have several reference points of data that I use to define my own blueprint. And that that changes daily. Okay. In those many data points and points of references that you acquired along the way or that were shown to you, how did you get into the sexual health, sexual wellness line of work? I'm going to go back to the the discussion we had before about um, having a blueprint to define your journey. And that was um, a pivotal thing that I used to determine that I wanted to get into this line of work. I decided based on the choices that I made along my journey to that I had accomplished many things in my life and there was, but there was still something missing from a balancing standpoint personally for me. 
And that was all about learning how to know myself even more from all aspects and arenas. So I decided one day I'm going to have a polo party and I'm going to invite some friends. I'm very uncomfortable with my body. Technically, I can give you math problems left to right, inside and out. But personally, about me and my physical being, I was not comfortable with. And I wanted to invite others and share that experience with others. When I first saw this pole instructor do the movements that she did around this vertical steel apparatus, I just automatically fell in love. And I said, this is what I want to do to expand the greatness of Kat, to round out the greatness of me. So I dedicated myself to training myself on pole. And then after that, I, I started doing classes and workshops for others. And the questions that I received from teaching them how to embrace their sexy led me into more sexual health arenas as, um, at, for example, like the products that um, I provide to my clients to further help enhance their sexual experience personally and within relationships. I love that so much. I love that the journey of self like opened up a whole new world for you and you can just see the joy on your face when you talk about it, which brings me joy. But I know in the Black community, talking about sex all open and everything is not something that typically we do. It's taboo. So what did your friends and family think about this awakening of cat that you went through or that you're currently going through still? Thank you so much for that question. And it's a it's a common question that everyone asks me. And I'm going to start with my mother specifically. My mother, we're, we're from the Bible Belt in the South and we have a certain way of being taught in our cultural means. I was raised in the church with her. And when I mentioned this to her, I said, mom, I want to start teaching other women how to embrace their sexy. And I want to use the pole to do that. And my mom almost had a complete meltdown, y'all. <laughs> she was like, oh my gosh, what are other people going to think about you? How are you going to protect yourself from those people who, who will not understand what your actual vision is? So there was a huge concern with her specifically. And, and she's, she's a, a very important part of, of my journey because years later, after I had been in business for quite some time, her nieces decided to have a pole party for my mom as a surprise. And I was I was traveling, doing traveling pole at that time. And I brought my pole in and taught. All, and these are my older cousins and nieces and nephews and my mom. And so I did the class for them. And my mom had this completely 360 outlook on what my vision was around this. And at from that very moment to this very day, she has been one of my true advocates in promoting me in my business. Now, from a friend's standpoint, they, they already embraced it because they knew Kat was outspoken and she was always willing to share any information that she had when it comes to any topic. And if I didn't know, I, I would I would try to find that information and I would share it because I wasn't afraid of not knowing something. That was That's one of my strong points, I, I, I tend to believe. But my mom personally, she, she was the, my hugest concerned person when it came to this. But now she's my largest advocate. She, she buys products from me. She asks about my business all the time. She shares it with her church members and everything. And I've had brunches and lunches and dinners with her church members. And specifically verbatim, one of her lady friends said, can you show me how to walk in high heel shoes? Because my husband been asking me to do that for the longest and I have not been able to do it. And these are ladies in their 60s and 70s that have that desire. And it's about uh, what Nakai said earlier. It's about having the desire and really 
knowing if you're able to do it. So I'm reminded all the time that my purpose is true and I'm, I'm on the correct path when it comes to sexual wellness. Come on, senior sexy saints in the stilettos and in the pumps now, doing it for Jesus with a long skirt. Yes. Can we just take a second and say, not senior sexy saint? <laughs> The quickness in which she came up with that. How does your brain work like that, though? Because I call my mama and her homegirls the senior sexies. That's hysterical. One time for the senior sexy saints. But anyway, Miss Cat. now here on the Where's My Blueprint podcast, we, we get a little ratchet, but we also are extremely educated. You can't just keep throwing around this phrase of your vision and your purpose without us asking you, well, what is your vision and your purpose? What is it that you had to show your mama? You're right. You're right. My vision and my purpose overall, and it is slightly changes throughout my journey because I'm, I'm a listener to others and I adjust to whatever it is they are uh, requesting of me silently, not what they verbally say to me, but what, what they do not say to me. I listen to those underlying um, aspects, but my overall vision is to empower people to give themselves the permission to embrace who and what they truly are because it's something and, and it comes with that term that you all are, are saying um, quite often tabooism but I'm trying to no longer make it taboo I'm trying to make it a natural part of our walks of life every single day because that's actually what it is it is it, it should no longer be taboo and it seems like you have found some beginning success in changing the mindset of your mom of you know the, the senior sexy saints so what were some of those beginning successes that you found in your business I believe successes show up differently for me. Um, it's not from a financial aspect per se. That's kind of the, the bystander of it. But a success for me is to be able to be embraced by my own sisters and brothers who look like me by sharing the experience that I provide them. That's the hugest success for me. And for them also to be willing and able to share that experience with others that they encounter. I get phone calls all the time from past experiences decades ago or a decade ago where they remembered an experience that I gave them and they they literally say hey we need another experience like that or if I have a request for someone that that wants me to do a class or a workshop on a given date and my schedule doesn't allow me personally to do that and I offer one of my team members or other business partners to do it their question always is well am I going to have the same experience that I had when I'm when I'm with you and so that's something that I keep close to me. And that's a really, really one of the reasons why I named my business the Cat Michelle Experience. Now that has got to be so humbling and so like make you feel with such honor that people know if they get you, they're getting such an outstanding experience that they question, well, can the other person bring it? <laughs> because that's basically what they're saying. Can your partners, I mean, they have to be some level of good to be one of your partners, but can they really give them that that cat michelle finesse that has got to be the greatest feeling in the world but we also know with any business it's not only the success but sometimes you got to bump your head a time or two so could you tell us some of the pitfalls or some of the
the blind spots in hindsight that you had when you first started this business? Well, I, I won't categorize it specifically as a pitfall or a blind spot, but actually some of the responses that I received from people who didn't really personally know who I was. And I knew it was something that came from a personal space of, of their insecurities. And that, that that's part of the reason why I decided to define the vision the way I did. When I was introducing this line of work or business or empowerment to those who weren't comfortable in it, uh, there was lashing out from other people who, who didn't, who was not familiar with sexual wellness personally within themselves and also from past traumas that they experienced within themselves. It, it tended to um, cause them to react in a way and, and respond to things that happened in their past that they were not comfortable with responding to at that time. So I it's, it's difficult to say that those were pitfalls or blind spots, but those are things that I noticed. But in addition to that, I'm a person that pays attention to detail and I am a forward thinker. So to be honest, I planned according to my visions that I set. Come on, pre-planning. What the good book say somewhere in it, you stay ready, ain't got to get ready. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Um, but Miss Kat, I feel like you talk about the pole fitness aspect. We also know there is an, a real taboo component to what you do in business when we start talking about intimate toys and everything how what kind of advice would you give someone wanting to you know step their big toe into the pole fitness or the sexual intimate toy business and thank you for that question so I'm going to go back to the the two words that um, you felt that best you asked me about that best described me right that was courage and adjustment so this is coming full circle on that and even with the sex toy business or what with whatever business or purpose or vision that it is that you want to do, whether it's painting the walls or building furniture, you have to have the courage and adjust and adjustment to be able to do that. So every relationship and opportunity that we decide to involve ourselves is in is at some, at some level a business, whether it's an intimate relationship, a family relationship, a prof- professional relationship. When you understand that the type of business you are getting into and you know that just as you grow, you're business will need time to grow. And that's very important to understand in whatever aspect of business that you're in. Also specifically understand that the business of pleasure is an intimate business service. And just like your sexual encounters that you mentioned earlier, your business of pleasure is unique. Every human that you encounter, it is not a across the board, one standard thing that you can apply to everyone. Every single person in this world is unique and you have to understand that. And you cannot push on your personal preferences to someone when you haven't heard their story. Just from hearing you talk, I bet you are really good at reading people, huh? I am. That's, that's a gift that I, I don't know if I, a gift that I learned, but it was just a gift that my creator gave to me. And I realized it was part of my vision. I bet you got some of your clients ushering them in also oh nicely into situations that they didn't even know they were ready for, didn't even know they wanted. But because you being such a calm and supportive presence, they're like, well, let's do it. And now you got them over there, a whole new them. Now, you know, I can't sell a swamp to uh, anybody for a few dollars or a high dollar amount, but that that's part of listening and, and being a listener. And that's the most important thing of being a leader is to be a great listener and to understand that every single person in this world has their own journey that they've walked through and they're trying to still figure it out every day. And what I have experienced and what I have learned is when I provide a platform for a human to express themselves however they want to, with no judgment, you're going to see all types of things being exposed. And I applaud all of it because it's part of 
their journey. So I absolutely love the word experience. And I love that you said that you are creating these one time, once in a lifetime experience. And I don't want to say once in a lifetime, but you're creating these experiences that are going through or keeping with women for the whole, their whole entire lives. Right. And so you said that you are, you pay attention to details on top of you. You said express without judgment, which goes back to looping back to that vulnerability. Right. So how do you personally market yourself and your business and that balance of vulnerability? Like, oh, I'm, a, I'm bringing you in, but also this still is a business. Well, it's all about, about the verbiage that you use when you're talking to, to humans, and honestly. And, and when you present yourself as a business person, but you all also give them that space to be comfortable and to enjoy the experience that they're giving, then there's not much physical marketing that I have to do. That's where the word experience comes from. Because when you have a positive experience, with anyone, you, you're willing to share that. And that's another table that I'm trying to turn around because we can be more expressive about the bad experiences that we had because we're so angry and upset and we don't know how to manage those emotions uh, as opposed to being as emotional and energetic to share those positive experiences that we've had. So that's something, that's one of the main things that I've marketed myself. And so it, it's, it's strictly by word of mouth. And when I have the moment within my time frame to be able to market socially and online. I do that as well. But it's really about me just speaking my truth every single day. And when people can connect to that, then that's my marketing because I've already set a precedent in their mind. I love that of like, one, you're speaking your truth, but also like you said, for any business out there listening, any business owner listening, word of mouth is the best, the best marketing. If you can get word of mouth, because that means positive responses, right? <laughs> that will build your business so fast without you having to do any marketing, right? They're doing all the work for you. But I love that you said manage those emotions when people are upset. And I'm gonna loop this back to, you know, like when people get upset, sometimes you're like, man, just, just go have an orgasm, get, you know, get some, be quiet, do what you need to do, go handle yours. So <laughs> my question for you is, what are your top products that sell with women? I'm gonna answer that this like this way. I do not sell products. I offer an experience and I provide a service and an opportunity with high quality lifestyle products. So when you ask what are my top products is whatever that person's preference is. For a beginner, it could possibly be something even just in the bath and body section of just being able to do self-care with yourself because that opens up the opportunity to explore yourself. And then after that, maybe you want to experience with some type of um, what y'all are referencing to a sex toy, whether it's just external or um, if you prefer internal. So it, I personally like to start with self first and that starts with bath and body products of just getting your, your own self together, relaxing yourself, removing yourself from all of those roles that you play in life. And that's not just not for women, that's for men and um, any other sexual preference that you choose to identify with. We have to learn how to remove ourselves from all of those stresses that we have in life and just enjoy ourselves in our own space. And in whatever it is, that you need to have that pleasurable moment or that intimate moment, which could lead you to a multitude of orgasms, not just the one with penetrative or stimulation of the clitoris or the penis, but orgas orgasms can come in several different forms. Um, but whatever product or tool or conversation that you need, then either I got it for you or I know where to get it. <laughs> Listen or to you being our pleasure pusher. <laughs> 
somebody got to push it, honey, because um, we got to keep these streets moving, right? It keeps these it keeps these smiles on our faces, correct? <laughs> that part. <laughs> so you said there are multiple forms of orgasms. What forms? What are the top two, two or three forms that you could discuss with us? Ooh, okay. So the most commonly known one is the clitoral orgasm, stimulating the clitoris because of the six to eight thousand nerve endings that are in the clitoris, and typically only women know about three of them. And actually, the fact that your clitoris extends inside of the vulva area, so it's just not external stimulation of the clitoris. So that's one of the most popular ones that people talk about. You also have a, a vaginal um, orgasm that can result in several different areas of or spots inside the vaginal canal. It be slightly on the side, which is what we call like an A spot orgasm, or you can stimulate that muscle that's at the top of the vulva, which is uh, called the Groffenberg muscle, or which I'll call it the G spot. That's on a that's on a female genitalia, but even on a male genitalia, they have what y'all call the taint or the prostate. You have the head, you have the glands. In addition to that, and moving up towards the top of the body, you have nipple orgasms, you have kissing orgasms, you have back orgasms. Okay, you said three. I'll stop there. <laughs> uh, uh, are we taking notes? <laughs> Wait, you said back, like the spinal cord back or the <laughs> butt? Uh, all of that, no, all of that. She's... Okay, keep going. Because the, the back orgasm makes me talk Spanish. <laughs> but She said I'm bilingual. Let me tell you the language. Um, okay, whatever. It might be, I can come out French, Spanish, whatever's in my vocabulary at the time. But what it all comes back around to is your connection to the partner that you're with. And that's from you and to you. If your partner doesn't truly know what satisfies you, and if you don't truly know what satisfies you, then that limits your orgasmic experience. Yes, Lord. But let, let's, back, let's back up a little bit because I know you talked about having that intimacy and that exploration with yourself. And I know I don't want to speak for y'all, but I feel like I can speak for y'all as four Black women on this Zoom panel, whatever, we go through stress. <laughs> and it is unfortunately inevitable. So what are some tips you can get for that solo stress reliever setting the foundation for the exploration or setting the foundation with the exploration? What tips can you give us? To try. Okay. And, and again, I'm going to go back full circle and I said it earlier. You have to be comfortable with knowing yourself. You, you simply have to be. Because if you, it's like if you're in a car and you just get in and you drive, not knowing the destination, then you're going to always be lost. And I used to have a, a saying, and I still say it, I get lost for a living. But it allows me to explore the world and to figure out the lanes or the paths that I choose, I want to go. And that makes me comfortable. It's the same thing about self-exploration. When you know thyself and you know what gets you in whatever mood that is, just to remove you from society, your children, your partner, your spouse, your manager, your co-workers. If you truly know what that is that you, that can get you in that mood, then you apply those desires and needs to your scene. And whatever scene that looks like, whether that scene is in your bathtub, in your closet, in your car, in the bathroom at work. I might be telling a little too personal stuff, but you know, I just take my moments whenever I can at the Chipotle where you have a taco. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is that satisfies you. 
So those are tools that I really like for people to start with. And when you're able to embrace that and not be ashamed of that, then you you can progress on to adding, touching yourself in areas on your body that you would tend not to touch before. Start with your neck. Start with putting your hands around your neck and just actually exploring how that feels to you. Then move your hands down to your chest and really embrace and analyze what does that feel like to you? Does it make you feel comfortable? And that's something that I actually teach when I'm teaching dance classes because that's that's part of our warm-up. I allow my women or and men for that um, aspect to just stroke their entire body and to feel that energy that's coming from your fingertip being absorbed back into your own full body. And, and that's another thing that solo play and even uh, play with the partners about is the transference of good energy. Now, we don't want those past tra- traumatic energies passed on because it causes a whole different type of experience for you that you, you may not choose to experience later on. So those are my tips. So I absolutely love all of that, especially when you're like explore yourself because too much information, but I love to like dance. So like I'll be in here like twerking and dancing and doing all that. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, okay, well, how do you explore yourself while you're dancing? So I'm definitely going to be coming to one of your classes just FYI. But my question for you is I'm going to take a little turn on this is do you teach your ladies and apparently gentlemen? Because I was like, oh man, men take these classes too. That's cool to know how and the proper way to put on a condom. Okay. And I'll answer that question in a sec, but I do want to go back to uh, teaching men and, and women and men. So teaching comes in different forms, right? And that can come in the form of me teaching the ladies how to perform a dance on their male partner. And then I invite the male partner into the space so that, that their partner can perform it on the male. So, and for that male, it's a learning experience for them because it's something that they're not normally used to seeing. We have these external forces that are defined for our men when it comes to porn or it comes to strip clubs, which I totally embrace both of those, but we want to teach our men how to broaden their views and their uh, perspectives on what their partner can do for them. So that's what I mean by teaching. So I've had couples parties where the men actually have to, has to seduce the woman or their partner and do like a nice little hip roll or whatever it is that they choose to do or to get them in the, in the mood. And that comes along with the type of music that you love to get you in that mood. Now, back to your question about the proper way to put on a condom, right? The first thing is read the instructions, okay? Because they have instructions on the condom package, all right? Let's, let's do that, okay? So, but in addition to that... <laughs> Start from the tip of the phthalate object, allowing space at that tip. And I'm saying phthalate object because that object can actually be a living penis or it can be a toy. Or the, uh, in the microphone too, I mean, if you choose to, I don't know how that's going to work out from an energy standpoint, but hey, each his own, just keep keep a doctor on standby, okay? But um, after after that, and you allow that space um, so that you don't create too much tension on that condom, you want to roll the, down the condom as close to the base as you can. Don't force it to the base because if you, depending on the object that you're putting it on, the object could be too, uh, girthy, too wide in length to allow it to go down all the way to the base, or it can be too long or a combination of both, you know, and those are a blessing. Amen. Okay. So do not force it all the way down the base to prevent disrupting the integrity of the condom. That's really important because you can cause small tears or anything like that. And if you're concerned about the transference of any types of uh, fluids where you could get any type of STIs or even just uh, from a pregnancy standpoint, you want to make sure you don't disrupt the integrity of that condom. And then again, just know, ensure that the roll part is placed properly on the object per the instructions, meaning you don't want to, when it's rolled up in a package, you want to make sure that lip of the condom is rolled up like, like a um, sombrero. (laughs) 
as opposed to a tent. <laughs> if that'll give you a good visual effect, uh, effect. And you can you can use your mouth. Just don't use a lot of teeth because that'll that'll tear up your condom. More lips, less teeth. That's that's class one or two on on Every man would love you right now. Like every male would be like, listen to her, listen to her. More more mouth, less teeth. <laughs> Unless you liked it, because that's some people's kink now. That is, that absolutely is. Some like love pain with their pleasure. I was just about to say, some do like a little bite here and there, but don't just it ain't it ain't. This, what is it? A pickle? Don't don't chew the pickle. You know, so <laughs> like that too. You just never know, and that's why you have to ask those questions up front. Like, what is your preference? So I, I can be prepared, or or are you willing to communicate to me what what your preferences are, and don't force my head or my face or my mouth in a position that you haven't communicated to me too that that's that in the regards of having consent and assuming that your partner is going to be comfortable with whatever it is that you prefer let's have that conversation because i might not be comfortable with that my my throat may not be equipped to accept all of that greatness that you have down below and yesterday's consent is not always today's consent that is so correct yes indeed let's talk about it no she like i agree and like exactly what they said yesterday's consent is not today's consent and like you just said you know let's have that conversation but i do feel that we are in this world where having those conversations again we went back to taboo or like it's like oh I just have to accept or I'll do whatever I need to do to please my partner but you don't know what that person needs or wants without using the words to actually communicate what this person needs or wants so then how so y'all both just like you said using your analogy of driving y'all both driving two buses off the off the road right until y'all figure out like oh maybe this maybe that and if the person is actually blessed with your gift of reading people you know they'll be like oh you don't like this oh you do like this but consent is a powerful thing man yeah it is and Nakai if, if, if I can I'd like to go back to a statement that you said earlier um, in reference to when my friends family and clients ask the question of me if I'm not a- available to provide them the experience that I provide they ask well am I going to receive the same experience from this other person that I receive and that is a form of consent and when I hear that it it does my heart good because I've now given them the permission to ask for exactly what it is that they want and they are comfortable with asking that. So it, it leads to what you just said. We're taught, especially for women, we're taught to just submit to our partners and not voice what it is we personally want or desire or have fantasies about to our other partner. We we sort of kind of allow our partners to make those choices. But just with me giving the people the permission to voice what it is that they want just from an ex- experience for me that's not at all physically intimate I will say it is intimate because I provide those steps and tools when I'm teaching but just to start there and to be able to expand on that is very much important and as children or as we were raised or reared up through our childhood years that's what we were taught and we just never let go of that but as adults like my my, my beautiful queen over here Miss Sunny D said, when we get at a certain point in our lives or a certain, and I'm putting it in quotations, age where we're comfortable with wanting to be able to know thyself, that's when we start to make that shift. And that's when we become more comfortable with sharing that. And then that's also when the point where we become more defensive in um, talk when people are trying to say that sex is a taboo thing. And at that point, we're like, hell that, wait a minute, hold on. I, 
I know who I am. I know what I like. And what you're not going to do is tell me that I can't talk about it. Now, if you're uncomfortable with talking about it, then that's okay. And you allow that. But in my space and in my arena and in my energy, we're not going to have that. So you can either accept that and stay within my energy, or I will kindly and respectfully remove myself from the situation and continue on to my journey. That's, I mean, right, Nakai? Like that's, that's all, that's all the snaps and the claps. And I think so many people need to hear that, really understand it and take that in. And I, I kind of want to circle back for a second. We, we kind of touched on it, but I really want your perspective and kind of want you to dive a little deeper into it. But when you mentioned earlier about like the experiences with a partner and how those can differ and how those um, those times and doing things are just dependent upon that, that person that you're with. I really want your thoughts on how energy plays a role in sex from your personal experience and what you've experienced with those that have, you know, taken some of your services I want I want your thoughts on that transfer of experience how important that is and what that role is okay so let let's start from the womb the mother's womb when the egg is created because this is how far back it goes when the egg is created or when we were created as humans we, cre- we were created in a mother's womb right within that womb that mother themselves carries past traumas experiences in the form of energy and past ancestral energies and traumas so as we grow within that womb and we make ourselves as present in the world, we first start with those traumas and energies that we have gathered from the mother's womb. Now, throughout our rearing or raising through life, those experiences that we choose to sometimes suppress is a form of energy that we absorb. And if we do not learn how to, one, identify what those past energies and or traumas or experiences or um, um, whatever word you're comfortable with using when it comes to that, those get introduced in our relationship and all types of relationships. But uh, Sunny D, specifically when you, you you ask about sex itself, when you have that experience with another person, then that's two different lifespans of energy that you are mingling. And if there are some unresolved energies that you have not learned how to manage or resolve or even just identify with, then you could transfer those energies onto the other person. And it can be in a positive light because in sex if you if you have an orgasmic experience with your partner and during during orgasm you can speak affirmations and you can manifest things if you're really that in tune with your body but that that's just part of your knowing yourself and just reading but it's really important that we identify what that is and that's where communication comes in to us always say start with conversation and you can learn to um, learn things about your partner and even from yourself so it it is and I have a, a, a very good friend who's a very a best friend of mine he always says that everything is connected. It's a plaid world. And it very much is from everything that you do. So we have to keep that in mind when we are having these intimate experiences with whether it's the random people that you choose to have sex with or just with yourself, because even within that, there's a transfer of energy. And we are energy. That's what we came from. You you, you got a sperm that has these different types of vitamins and minerals in them that came from where? The earth or the nature. And that's all energy. So full circle, it's really, really important. And I think relationships would be in a completely different arena if people were able to embrace um, that they had these certain types of energies and they need to really know how to identify and manage. Did that answer your question? Yes, absolutely. Um, I just, I knew, I knew I needed people to hear from you. (laughs) Thank you for that question though, because it's a really, really important question. That I do agree, especially because like you, you basically summarize of like the energy. And then I want to ask the question about orgasms because, you know, orgasms is a 
part of our energetic experience while we are intertwined with our partners, right? Depending on how y'all are getting down. Or solo. Yeah, or solo. Um, What is the research on women and orgasms? And can you tell us a little bit more on that? Yes, I can. Thank you for that question. So um, one, and and I'm going to number these in in level of importance in my professional opinion. Orgasms are a state of mind connection to your vulva. Um, And they can be achieved by stimulating many areas all over the body. Women specifically have to learn how to embrace all of those areas of a body of the body. For some reason, men can do it real easy. They they can just get into it and don't have any problem. And when they want to remove out of, they just think of baseball or something. Or maybe baseball may even stimulate them. Oh, I don't know. But they just have that blessing to be able to do that. Women, we choose to have all these certain different roles and we don't know how to remove ourselves from that, which prevents us from having orgasms. Hello, bedroom candy. That's where that comes in. So, but we focus mostly on achieving orgasms as women through external clitoral stimulation when it's really way more than that. And I can give you percentages on the percentage of women who can achieve clitoral stimulation, uh, clitoral orgasm as, a, as opposed to vaginal orgasms. But I've chosen to shy away from giving those numbers because I want women to understand that that's not the only way you can achieve an orgasm. Because I want people to start learning themselves and identifying what it is that excites them. We go to the mall and we see a pair of shoes or a nice outfit and we get excitement. That's an orgasmic experience. No, I might, I might or might not secrete a vaginal fluid when I am having this shopping experience, but <laughs> depending on how nice the shoes are, but that is an orgasmic experience and it's with yourself and the clothing that you're looking at. But because of the sensationalism of women achieving orgasms, women have lost sight on the entire experience of pleasure and intimacy from themselves and from their partner. So not achieving an orgasm, a vaginal orgasm where you're you're having these convulsions, um, it does not mean that you're inadequate of enjoying pleasure. That, it, that just might not be the partner that can give you get you there. It, it can't take you to the higher mountain. So those are things that we have to identify with when it comes to our partner. But it also goes back to knowing thyself. And if your partner not doing what you need to do to get on get on that higher mountain, then you need to do what? Communicate that to your partner. If your partner chooses not to listen, then yes, Miss Nakai, it's, it's time to put my walking boots on. <laughs> Because these boots are made for walking. And that's just what they'll do. And if you don't give me my orgasm, I'll walk all over you. So, yeah. <laughs> well, shucks. Um, so if we have a partner, if that partner is not, you know, in the position to help us reach that orgasmic platitude, how would you suggest we go about introducing toys or accessories to be our little helper in that situation? Well, first you have to understand if that's what you really want to introduce into the relationship to help you have that orgasmic experience. You don't have to have toys to, to help yourself reach an orgasm. That's the first thing. You, you got to start with self. Second, if you decide that, okay, this is something that I want to explore by using a tool or a toy with my partner, then research shows just from my experience with the uh, women and couples that I have um, worked with, having that conversation outside of the bedroom in a neutral base or location is best to start having that conversation. 
That can come in the form of if you are out at dinner or having a meal somewhere and you see an attractive person, whether they're male or female, and you can ask them about that person. Oh, I think that person is attractive. What are your thoughts on it? That opens up those lines of communications to start talking about sex. And if they say, well, yeah, I think they're an attractive person. Okay, great. Why do you think that person is attractive? Just from physically physically looking at them. And then it helps define that path of communication about things that you personally would prefer to try in your sexual journey. So that that's one important thing um, that I encourage both people in the relationship to do because it goes back to uh, what Nakai said about we, we've been reared as women to just partner and we're afraid to have conversations about what does not please us. So let's start having those conversations. And if your partner is uncomfortable with it, just understand that they're just not in the space at that moment to be able to receive. And then you got to make a decision from that point forward. Do you want to stay in a relationship and continue to receive piss poor sex from them? Or do you want to decide that you're going to uh, progress on to other things? Because what you can't do is heal the other person. That starts with sex. Okay, Miss Kat, we're going to get real technical real quick. With these sex toys and tools, can you tell us what are the main types and functions of them? Oh, absolutely. Thank you. So specifically for toys, and honestly, I, I treat some humans as toys. I, I, they're, they're just a big walking toy. If, if they know who I am, then they're just my human toy. And I don't have to have um, any additional toys. But when I do, those types of toys that, I, uh, that are existing, there's internal types of toys where it just stimulates external parts of the body or the, the genitalia area on the male and the female. Um, there's also um, internal that stimulates just the internal vulva area or for, even from a male perspective, even though they're toys, well, actually from an anal standpoint, if you want to directly stimulate the prostate, you can insert a toy in there and that's considered an internal toy as opposed to external. And then you have multifunctional toys that can stimulate both and take you to that hallelujah state. So um <laughs> Uh, in addition to that, they can be vibrating or non-vibrating. Some people prefer dildos. Some people prefer those that vibrate. Of those vibrating ones, those could be battery operated or uh, USB chargeable. Um, they can focus on the genitalia area or non-genitalia area. Again, going back to the different types of orgasms, if you like to stimulate the nipples or the back, your fingers themselves carry energy. So those can be um, sex toys as well. If they move, if your fingers move down the spine of your back, Miss Nakai, which you asked earlier, and you're transferring that energy, which is uh, kind of a form of Reiki, if you will. And you're um, transferring that energy and moving that energy around. It can provide a sexual experience for your partner. Only if the energy is right between the two. Likewise, you just pretend piano playing down somebody back. Right, right. <laughs> and also toys can come in the form of educational reading, just reading on books. It's a, if that's a toy that you are utilizing to better understand yourself and then also be able to share that with whomever that may be. Yes, I'm going to say I'm reading research purposes <laughs> <laughs> that part of my part of my job is research and development so every single product that is introduced to me i have to conduct research and development i mean if you need a focus group <laughs> <laughs> I got some volunteers. I got y'all covered. I got y'all covered. <laughs> but for all of my my friends um, who don't who have toys but don't really know what they do, could you tell our listeners what's the difference between splash proof toys and submersible toys? Okay. Because the two are not the same. That's correct. That's absolutely correct. So splash proof means I can get some fluid water or whatever, some type of liquid on the product. However, it's not considered 
what we call waterproof. Submersible toys is equivalent to it being waterproof, which means I can submerge it under water in the pool, the bathtub, and the shower, internally of the body because there's fluids in the body and that makes it water. And, and, and the products that I provide to my clients, I have um, a little bit of both and it's really more of a preference thing. Typically, battery-operated toys are can be splash-proof, but most of the time they're just not, you, you can't uh, apply any type of liquid on it at all. And then a lot of my products are splash and or submersible like our candy kiss it's submersible yes because i'm at the stage in my life where i'm like battery operated no ma'am no ham no turkey like i need a usb because <laughs> the worst thing is to be scrambling for some triple a's okay. <laughs> like completely taking you out of the mood but speaking of that what should one um look for in quality toys so some important things that i encourage people to look for in quality toys is one find you or identify a knowledgeable coach or consultant who is well-versed in toy product. And I say that just because of exactly what you asked me um, before about what the difference is in splash-proof and submersible toys for one, and also um, people are purchasing toys who really don't know how to use them and really don't know what it is that they need to stimulate them in the ways that they do. So um, that's, that's an important thing. But in addition to that, understand the material material in which your toy is made from. I understand that there are products out there that can give you the most amazing experience when using it. But do you really understand what type of material it was made from? Is it safe for your body? Is it safe for your partner? Is it long lasting? Is it durable? If it's battery operated, are you ensuring that you're not leaving the batteries in there and a battery acid is leaking outside of the toy into you? Are you making sure of those things? Are you removing your batteries? after every single use. And you also want to understand if they're in on your product. If there's only, if there's no warranty at all, then that, that could be a red flag or it could just be a different type of toy that doesn't offer it. So you really want to um, be mindful of that. Additionally, make sure you are, you have toy safe cleaner for your toy. That does not mean dial antiseptic uh, soap even though it's, uh, you know, safe for your hands, that don't mean it's safe for your vagina or safe for the penis. You also want to, um, when you're purchasing a toy, smell your toy. If it smells odd, then that that's a flag to let you know that the material that it was made from may not be safe for you. And then just think about the design and the build of the toy that you're buying. What type of actual work did they put into designing this toy? That's one really beautiful thing that I like about the products that I, I, I offer to my clients. I know the designer of all my toys. I know that the, the builder of all of our toys because they put thought and intention behind every toy. And I personally have a say in how that toy is built and designed for every single boutique line. And then you want to make sure the toy that you're purchasing is not an intimidating toy. Because if you're planning on using that toy with a partner, you have to consider how they're going to feel if you bring a phthalate-like or penis-looking toy into the bedroom. And they're going to think, well, I don't want two penises in the bedroom. I just want my penis. Or if you're with a, a females with another female partner, they may not prefer any type of penis at all. They may, um, you may need to get something that looks more like a lipstick or a lollipop to something they can reference to, which goes back around to the food aspect. Miss Kat, that, those were all really great suggestions. I also want to add listeners, be mindful of the environment that you live in. Like we are currently facing a heat wave in lots of different areas because of climate change. Some toys, if they are not of the best quality, 
will melt and you cannot use melted toys. You shouldn't. I've experienced that. And also be mindful of where you put your storage of your toys, because that also plays a huge part in the longevity of your toys. Absolutely. Oh man, you have came and did not disappoint. And I'm like, we got a million other questions, but I know, right? Dance, 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 dance. Hey, go cat, go cat. Hey, don't get me started. My wrist hip hop heels gonna come out on y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Nay, I saw her doing some body rolls earlier. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, cash. <laughs> You know how you have that roll and you pause. Okay, this is not even video, but we just clowning. Okay. <laughs> just clowning right now. One of my favorite questions that I love to ask every single guest is, what do you want to be remembered for? And what do you want your legacy to be? It's already been done. <laughs> and I'm going to say this, the everlasting experience I have provided to every single human directly and indirectly is being created every single day. Seeing the smiles on all of your faces today and the happiness that I'm feeling from you, that's my legacy. That's what you'll remember me by. You can't buy that from no store. Not the dollar store, not the Walmart, not the Target, not the JCPenney. Only from Cat Michelle. Because that's unique to me. I love that. And you are true because this was truly an experience with you. Like from the moment you came into, as Nate call it, the Zoom room, we have been laughing, cutting up. Like this has truly been an experience. And I am one of I'm just, I can't speak for the other ladies, but I can say I am truly grateful for this and you have made my day. And so I'm so excited to continue with this beautiful, amazing, smiling, cutting up day. (laughs) And then my one question for you is what's the one thing you would want to leave our listeners just in general? It could be about the experience of like learning your body. It could be about um, the intimate products that you provide. What's the one thing or one it's part of my subtitle of the Cat Michelle experience. And that is never, ever limit yourself to your selfish, whatever that looks like. And it rolls into my mantra, my another one of my everyday walks of life. And that is Cat is always authentically and unapologetically always me. So I am in awe of that. And I love that because to walk in your authenticity, to walk and give yourself permission and to love yourself and to be able to say that mantra every single day that is beauty and I am here for it I love it and even with that you are teaching women and not just women men too um, about their self-love their self-worth and their self-belief and how if you have those three things it is powerful and with that a word from our sponsor Hey, beautifuls, this message is brought to you by The Grass is Greener on the Other Side, where we help women who have anger, sadness, and shame from being cheated on learn how to heal and take their power back so they can regain confidence, restore their peace, and attract the life of their dreams. We can be found on IG at Brianna underscore Latrice. That's spelled B-R-I-A-I-N-A underscore L-A-T-R-I-C-E. And for all of the Where's My Blueprint podcast listeners, we're offering free 15-minute discovery calls. So if you're ready to regain and restore that self-love, self-worth, and self-belief back in yourself, shoot me a DM for a free discovery call today. Because my motto is, honey, leave that cheater and find your peace. If you're interested in joining my new course, Rejection is Redirection, using your past as a reference, not a residence, you can email me at affairrecoverycoach at gmail.com or you can shoot me a dm at brianna underscore latrice see you on the call 
So we're transitioning into our next segment, which Miss Kat, I'm excited for. Um, and with that, it is Moments of Melanation. Moments of Melanation. Moments of Melanation is where we highlight a Black person doing their thing. Today for Moments of Melanation, we are highlighting. Are you ready for this? Bedroom candy, candy, candy. <laughs> So y'all, Bedroom Candy was founded in 2011 by award-winning singing songwriter, Real Housewife, the one that will keep it straight, shoot, just direct. Love her. Entrepreneur, Miss Candy Burris. I just love her because she's just truly, as you said earlier, you're a mantra. She really walks in her authenticity. She is a straight shooter. She, listen, she would pull out those receipts, but also she has the receipts because she's honest in everything she does, right? Mm -hmm. And I love this because at the time, the line lunch with only five products. Now it features hundreds from intimate toys to bath and body to cosmetics with something for every single human person. Um, in 2012, the home party side of the business hit the scene with a mission to empower people both sexually and financially. Uh, since then, Bedroom Candy Boutique Parties has grown, selling over 10,000 starter kits and working with consultants all across the country to spread education, empowerment, and self-love to their communities. The company is dedicated to elevating others, improving relationships, and fostering successful money-making, always careers. Ladies, what do y'all think about this bedroom candy? I'd like to share my story with how I started with the bedroom candy lifestyle brand is what um, we actually have evolved to. And it, it goes back to when I decided that I wanted to really embrace that sensual side of myself. And I wanted to start including products in my teachings to others. And I was at the time I was just a personal buyer of products. And I subscribed to this magazine um, of actual intimate products. And I opened up the magazine one day, y'all. And there was this, it's like 11 by 17 magazine. It's not your typical eight and a half by 11 size. So it was a huge page of this beautiful black woman in this beautiful formal gown. And I was like, lady she sure is cute and I read the article and it was about this woman Candy Burris who was starting blind and I'm like oh she looks like me let me um look more into it and I wanted to add something really classy and body safe and natural because that was a journey that I was on and I wanted something that I could represent in a positive light so I did my research and then I went and searched online and pulled up the website and lo and behold by chance they were looking for consultants to help start the home party line. So this was back in 2000, early 2012, maybe late 2011. And so they had this form that you filled out online to uh, express your interest in being a um, starting consultant for the line. So I applied. I'm like, okay, this looks great. They reached back out and they were like, oh, we want to, and I had to submit, by the way, a headshot and a biography and almost a resume pretty much just to say why I wanted to be involved. And what y'all have to understand since Candy is um, in a, very public platform. They wanted to make sure whoever represented her was in, in the best light possible. So they responded back and they said, okay, yeah, we, we want you to try it, but we need you to send a headshot. We want you to talk to Candy herself. We're going to do an interview with you. And I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Are y'all trying to put me on the Housewives, Housewives of Atlanta? Because that's not what I want to do. And I still love my NG 
imaginary life. So we're going to have to figure out some balance, right? So um, they said, well, we wanted to let you, I had the conversation with them, um, backtracking. And then um, later on, they reached back out to me and they said, we had a thousand applicants that applied. We're only going to select 200 of those apps and we want you to be number 80. So that's my consultant idea. And that's why I have the the lowest numbers. So um, I'm very, very proud of that. So I helped Candy launch the home party line and every single product y'all that's in that line, I've had the privilege and honor to be able to experience in one way or another, whether that's personally or through my clients. And I'm not going to tell you which is which, (laughs) but just know I have a story for every product in our line. But I also had the opportunity to provide inputs to the products that uh, were produced. And um, everyone knows that Candy Burris was the, the founder of the line, but she also has two other business partners, Brian and Suki Dunham, who actually came from the sex toy industry and are very passionate about designing the toys that they provide through this boutique line. And boutique is a really important word within the bedroom candy boutique parties because one, and it's what I've talked about before, it's a unique group of products that we provide to the community. They may may be there for a lifetime and we still have some toys that we we had there since the beginning, like our award-winning candy kisses uh, lipstick vibe. And, um, or it can be there for a, a a seasonal time. We may just provide it for a little while. So um, they were really intentional on how they created this line and they've continued that through the 10 years of the home party line. So 2022, this year, we celebrated a decade of home party and actually just came from convention last month and we celebrated that. And Candy herself, she expressed how appreciative she was of what she calls um, her beta consultants, which is her founding consultants who started the home party line for her. She expressed how much she appreciated the fact that we were still in this business after 10 years. And it's really unheard of for a sex toy line to exist for this long. And we've won our um, the best home party award four years and we're only 10 years old. So that says a lot for the brand, but it also tells me that our culture and our community, whether you're black or non-black, that you're really embracing it. So the, and I, there's no product in this line that I can say is something that was not intended to be there. And I will also say that I've learned quite a bit just from using the product. Uh, one important thing that I, I love to share with my audience is that bedroom candy product allowed me to no longer wear deodorant. I was able to transition by using product from my own personal line to detox my own body from those harmful chemicals that, are, that can be found in some deodorants and, and just bring some of that nice pheromone body spray that we have called seducing. And that's all I wear daily. So even though I am an ambassador or a representative of the product line, I'm also, I also get high on my own stash. <laughs> And I like to share that with other people who are willing to op- start their own businesses or open to a- other streams of income. So it's just an evolutionary and complete circle within the brand itself. And you mentioned too, I'm sorry, Nikai, you mentioned too that um, it has expanded in addition to sex toys, there's bath and body, there's makeup, there's CBD, there's educational. So when you look, if you really look at the whole lifestyle brand, overall, that's about eight or nine different streams of income. So we all need to buy bath and body pro- products to, to stay fresh with or bathe with. We all need everyday products that we can use that are unfragranced. We all need our lubricants. We all need our toys. We all need to wash our hair because we have hair care. We have skincare products that we're starting to roll out. So when you look at it in that light, you have one umbrella of a brand where you can draw eight different streams of income from. And that's to your preference or whatever you, you, you're most comfortable with. I absolutely love that because I just think of like all my research and I put that in quotations of candy is more so 
what I'm learning from her with her earlier years of, uh, what is it? Housewives of Atlanta, Mm -hmm. but just understanding her business mindset. And Candy is all about, like, she's about family, her money (laughs) and her faith. Right. But like, even thinking about how she set up this business, she set it up where every single person can have multiple streams of income within one business. And that is such a brilliant false move that I don't want y'all like not y'all but like our audience to let that go over your head because most of the time when people do consulting and things like that and I'll use um an example of the only one I know is like um pure romance and sorry not to bash y'all or anything but they only have one kind of stream of income (laughs) and that is doing like selling certain products but Candy switched it she did her research and she understood the assignment of not only do how do I allow y'all to make money but how do I create because in order for you to become a millionaire and get out of poverty you need six to nine streams of different incomes candy saw that and she did it under one umbrella and that is just kudos to you sis like yeah sunny yeah. d nay what are your thoughts now y'all know i got enough in room candy stash to be my own consultant of one like i love her product i tried to dibble and dabble in the pure romance you know pot it is not the same quality like you gonna pay a nice little amount for your bedroom candy product not gonna lie but the quality that you give for them is well worth it and like you said miss cat before most all of her products come with a year warranty like they're top notch they're body safe i i love my bedroom candy products they're actually the only products that i buy and i, I like to add to that um if, if i can um one all other um, home party lines they were the trailblazers to allow us to be to create this space within bedroom candy so i give kudos to all of them first and foremost um i remember when bedroom candy came like came out when she was starting to launch it and i remember looking at the site to those five products and the fact that i did not know that you could have like my idea of what a vibrator looks like was what you would typically think of it's you know phallic shaped looks like penis it does a thing okay cool that's all that i've seen not ever in my life had i seen up until that point a vibrator that looks like lipstick that I could put in my purse mm-hmm. and it yeah. not be like embarrassing or like overly obvious that and the um making me over that looks like a little compact and I was like this is so cute like it was they were pretty products like they were pretty toys and I was like okay this is definitely something that is like this is a cool line mm-hmm. to be able to have these things you know because sometimes at work you may have to go to the bathroom and do what you gotta do real quick because these people are stressing you out you just gotta you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so to have one that you can fit in your purse that looks like a lipstick that isn't all loud and ridiculous that was like mind-blowing to me yeah. and I love that line when she first came out and I was like okay this is just so much fun and I'm so glad that it's been 10 years yeah. now there's yeah. so many different products there's so many different um you know things that you can experience on this site or with this line in this brand and I'm just, I'm so excited for you Miss Cad for you to continue to do this I'm excited for Thank Candy you. and her business to continue to prosper and hopefully, I'm, I, I would imagine that a line like this has been able to ease people into sex toys and kind of experiencing and experimenting with things that they may not have thought that they wanted to do or were interested in because visually they are stunning. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and they have, they absolutely have. And it goes back to that intimidation.
intimidation factor when you're purchasing whatever product it is to introduce into the bedroom. And based on the feedback from my couples and maybe some personal partners, when you introduce things that are enjoyable... Uh, to that other party, then they start to ask questions or even make the request for the product themselves because you've created that space for them to be more comfortable about it. Now, you mentioned about um, the cost of the products that Bedroom Candy provide. And she said, you may have to pay more for these specific products. And that for me, I'm very intentional with the words that I use in life and specifically in in this uh, genre of product. Um, And really, it's about how much you're willing to invest in your own happiness and pleasure. And when you look at it like that, there is no price tag that would matter on how much it is. Because if we want to buy us a real Louis or a fake Louis, we're going to invest in it. If we want to buy us a new Benz or used Benz, we're going to invest into it because it makes us feel a certain way. And it's the same thing about sex toys specifically or products that makes us feel sex. It's all about investment. I invest in myself quite often by the moment. I'm investing right now. Now, Miss Kat, though, I do have a favor to ask you, possibly if you could, since you are an OG consultant and you do have the ear of Miss Candy Burris, can you, you know, suggest a girl put like a clit sucker um, toy in the stash? I'm so glad you asked that. So we actually already have a air technology product and it's only available if you have your own personal consultant. So that's Kat Michelle. Com. Michelle with one L, okay? And it's called the Womanite, but it's called it's Pleasure Air Technology. And we actually just re- released a new version of the Womanizer and it's called the Womanizer Duo. And I'm, I'm going to say this, don't laugh y'all, but it looks like a mini hairdryer to me, but it's it's a dual simulation pleasure air technology or and you use the word suction, but it's more like we use air because suction can sometimes pull too many nerve endings to the surface of what you're trying to stimulate and cause a, a level of sensitivity that you, you may not be comfortable with. But with pleasure air technology, it stimulates it in the kind of the same way, providing that idea or simulation of sucking. So we already have it um, to the in that aspect. They are both external products, but um, we're always looking to add additional things to the product line. Thank you. Because like I said, I, I only stick with bedroom candy from here on out. So I will. Yeah, and so okay, girl, I got you. I got you. As a matter of fact, I have one right here for you. Um, So what we also decided to do is we design 98% of all of our products in our line. But we also realize that there are other businesses out there that provide that or build top-notch products. The Womanizer is one of them. And it's a patented product. So of course, we could not build anything like it. And we don't need to because it's already designed to to perfection. And uh, one of the fun things about going to convention is when they release new toys, they give give us a swag bag and we usually have the toys in our bag to try out that day or when we get home. Usually when they try it that day, it's hard for us to get back the next day to a convention, but you know, we do what we can. Part of research and development. Miss Cat, don't be on here making me want to be a consultant now. Listen now, we can start just as as low as thirty five dollars. So, Miss Cat, make her be a consultant. So, um, here here is what I want to share with you. Do you shop on a daily or weekly basis for bath and body products for yourself? You don't shop for bath and body products at all. You don't bathe. Oh, not on a weekly or daily basis. Okay, but you do shop for them. Yes. Where do you shop for those products? Um, mostly Amazon. Mostly Amazon. 
refund. Do you, are you able to write those products that you purchased off on your taxes? No. Okay. Um, are you able to promote those products for profit? Do you share them with others? But you use no. them every day, right? Yes. So I'll share this with you. And I think this is something, or I know this is something, in, especially as women, but even as, as humans overall, even though your business starts with yourself first, you, you in business, when you go to that store, you buy paper towels, you buy feminine hygiene products, you buy soap, you buy dishwashing liquid. Those are all things that you purchase for the betterment of yourself. Now, if you own a product line, if you just sign up for $35 and you own a product line and you're purchasing those products for yourself, that's part of your marketing. And when it's part of your marketing, you can do what? Write it off. So that's part of building your own empire and investing back into yourself and your family. So I I encourage not just you, but everyone in general, um, don't get overwhelmed with the fact that you're going to have to start a business. And I know we want to do things in um, a perfect way and, and just go all out and do everything. But look at it from the perspective of you starting to invest in yourself and make better choices in the products that you're using externally, externally and internally. And you just shared with me that you have several products that I'm using you as a, a, an example now. You have several products in the Brand Room Candy line and the excitement that you have on about them, right? Now, people are going to hear that and be like, let me go over here and go find me some. Well, if you had your own website, they can go purchase from you. And that's a profit that you make. So it, it, it's about broadening your thought pattern on what a business truly means for you. And it can you can start extremely small, but, and I totally 100% um, understand that you have to have that conversation. I had that conversation with myself, but when they interview me every six years, they're like, well, why do you do that? Because I like me and I want to know more about me. And most of the time I'm having to do parties for the investigator. Let's talk to me. So, you know, um, it's just all about how you look at it. And I just want you to keep that in mind when, when you're going through that. And I, I can be an ear for you when you have further questions or anyone uh, on this um, podcast or anyone that's listening in, I, I could be an ear and a, a voice of reason for you. Cause I like to give you enough information to make an informed decision. And that is right up Nate's alley. <laughs> Um, she is similar to you in that researcher brain. Like she's going to research, research, research so she can make sure she makes the best informed decision for herself. And with that, you all know we end every single episode with an affirmation. And today's affirmation is coming from our lovely, our one and only, the Cat Michelle Experience. Thank you. And I'll repeat the one that I said that I am unapologetically and authentically always me. Say it for the people in the back. Oh, you want me to say it again? I am unapologetically and authentically always me. Yes, 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 yes. I absolutely love that because you're giving yourself permission, but also you are saying like, this is me, accept me for who I am. And if you don't accept me, move around because there's somebody who will. Boom. And with that, y'all know we love y'all. Thank y'all for listening to this episode. Y'all got so many gems today that I hope y'all picked them all up. But prior to us leaving, Miss Cat, tell them where they can find you. You can find me online. I have Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and uh, Twitter <laughs> at the Cat Michelle Experience. And that's K A T M I C H E L E 1 L. Experience is spelled with X P E R I E N C E. And you can also find me on my website or reach out to me through my website at www.catmichelle.com. And that's K A T M I C-H-E-L-E. Or if you directly want to go to my product store, you can go to www.catmichelle.store. And that's S-T-O-R. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And listeners, go follow her, talk with her, chat with her, buy from her. She's going to get your life together. So yes. And with that, we want to say thank you again. And you can follow us on Spotify, Amazon, um, Apple, YouTube, uh, Red Circle, and connect with us on the blog where you can find us at whereismyblueprintpod.com. Again, that is whereismyblueprintpod.com. And with that, we are over and out. Bye. Peace out.